Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm Weird Writer, and I'm definitely not panicking internally right no, now. No, no, no. <laughs> nonsense. Uh, also joining us is Alex. Hi, I am Feather Writer, and it's excitement. That's what's happening. And we, we have a special <laughs> guest who's kind of important in the Brandon Sanderson fandom. Brandon Sanderson! Hey, how's it going? Hey. Hi. How you doing? Good, good, so, good. I'm going to apologize to the fans who are replacing my, um, one of my normal streams with this. So I am signing copies of the Way of Kings Leatherbound, the, um, the first uh, signature, they call it, that'll get bound in. So if you are one of those who is waiting for a copy of the Way of Kings Leatherbound, that hasn't arrived yet because you bought the second uh, way, then I potentially might be signing your book right now. How many more thousands of those do you need to sign? Uh, I think we're down to 3,000. Okay, so. all right. That's, wow. that seems that's pretty manageable. good, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the voice of Kara. Hi, Kara. Hi, Kara. Hi, Kara. Hi, Kara. Kara's mm. excellent. Uh, we did an interview Kara with her in the summer vacation around these streams so that she could be here uh left right after the last one and came back right before this one so <laughs> it mm-hmm. it's been quite a long time since we've uh interviewed you on 17th shard i think the last time was actually in 2010 before way of kings actually came out nice <laughs> back when when you guys said what should we name ourselves yes uh, yes exactly and i said Oh, you should name yourselves the 17th Shard. That's a cool uh, little nod uh, to something in the universe. Before <laughs> anyone, you really don't know what they are even yet. But yeah, I mean, are, are we going to get something of them? <laughs> What's that? Are we going to get something from them eventually? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it depends <laughs> on if I'm able to write the Silverlight novella, right? Because they were involved in that. Oh, oh okay. Um, there's that just a sense. lot of stuff to do. It, there there is stuff. a lot of stuff to do. No one can doubt yeah. that. Uh, and in that interview in 2010, I there was a, an amazing line where you said, Way of Kings was the length it needed to be. The next books will be shorter. Yeah, <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they've all gotten I better. I tried really hard. Yeah. I tried real hard. They just ended yeah. up at the length they needed to be. I, I totally agree, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Next book get- will be shorter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, if I say that, then We're when gonna- one turn, turns out to be shorter... Yeah. Um, then uh, people will, won't complain. Yeah, right. right. No, um, no one will complain. I was about also that. suffering a lot of pressure from Tom at that point mm. to write the book shorter because Way of Kings had not come out yet and been successful, yeah. uh, and he was really worried um, that, like, he was really worried that my book was starting at the length that the longest Wheel of Time books had <laughs> grown into, um, and. Also, the ebook revolution hadn't happened. Um, yeah. True. Re- rebook revolution True. happened in 2010. And mm-hmm. the fact that my books are less than 25% read in print anymore is really, the publishers really, number one, they sell really well, but also that publishers laid off on that pressure on me. Um, by the time Words of Radiance came out, they didn't care nearly as much at what the length of the books would be anymore. Um, and I, part of the reason I said that is I've been promising Tom, he's like, you have to write these shorter. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'll make the next one shorter. But then he stopped saying that. And so 
I just wrote it the length it needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Get away with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> less than 25% though, print sales? Yeah, I think uh, opening week, it was less than 25%. It might catch wow. up. Like opening week tends to skew a digital uh, and audiobook. It was 50% audiobook um, and like 30% digital or something like that, ebook, mm-hmm. uh, opening week. Uh, and then the print book kind of surged back. Um, and so I don't know if it's the same right now, but for the longest time, the average you could kind of count on is uh, two-fifths audiobook, two-fifths ebook, one-fifth print. Wow. Um, hmm. For my books. Interesting. And different books hit that differently, and different weeks in the book's life will hit that differently. Once paperback comes out, paperback uh, tends to take a, a larger chunk than hardcover does. Um, but I'm not sure if that's, that's more because some people are still kind of discovering the books in bookstores and just buying the paperbacks and working through them that way, I think. And the paperbacks are cheaper. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I actually just got my, um, print copy of Rhythm of War last week. So (laughs) I hadn't gotten one from my bookshelf yet. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there we go. I definitely don't still need to get a note printer. So, uh, Springer? Oh. <laughs> well, you know, if we're buying ebooks. That's that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean my friends talk about how you can't read my books in bed unless they're ebook. It's true though. <laughs> yeah. If you doze even a little, you will break your nose. <laughs> right? It's a, so. it's a little easier to drop the phone on your face than yeah. a stormlight. Alan book. talks about that. Alan Layton, who is Layton <laughs> from Bridge Four. Right. He's like, these books, I can't hold these books, Brandon. I can't lie back and, and go like this with them. No, no. They are they are beefy books and Rhythm of War is. And that they are. You get to a page a thousand and it's like, oh, there's a lot of book left. So, yep. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have it any other way. Yep. How have you been doing with the success of Rhythm of War? How, how have you felt uh, since it's oh, released? really great. Um, it's, um, you know... Uh, it's sold really well. It did about 50% better than Oathbringer, which is what you would expect yeah, nice. um, after picking up fans uh, over the years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we, but we are kind of at, right at that cap of what an epic fantasy can do um, without breaking into the mainstream, right? Mm. Um, like uh, there's not a whole lot more I feel that we can we can grow, which is like I'm already selling what George sold before he got his TV show and where the wheel of time ended, what it was selling. Right. Um, and so that it feels like that's kind of a soft cap on the big thick epic fantasies of just the people willing to, to read them. Um, like if you read fantasy at this point, you either have read one of my books or you've deliberately decided not to is most likely. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. you read one and you didn't like it. So you didn't continue, but like, I don't have a lack of brand awareness among <laughs> the epic fantasy readership, right? Yeah, um, makes sense. And so uh, I'm pretty satisfied with those numbers. I would be happy with those numbers for the rest of my career, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we manage to get some media properties taking off, then we might find a larger audience. Um, there, It just depends, but... I mean, I'm not going to complain, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Last year was the first year we finally outsold George. Um, wow. Oh, wow. Um, granted, he doesn't have a TV show propelling him anymore. Um, 
and, and whatnot. Um, and so we, for the first year, I was the best-selling epic fantasy author in the world uh, for yearly totals. Um, so, awesome. Uh, That's fun. That's, that is fun. That's more about the fact that George's television show ended <laughs> than the fact, right? Like, it um, still counts. It still, it, counts. it still counts. Details, like, details. That week matter. when I um, when I beat uh, Dan Brown and knocked him out of the number one spot, <laughs> right? Um, but he'd been there for nine weeks, right? Mm. <laughs> it's like, like I knocked Dan Brown out of the number one spot. Yeah, it's like a boxer coming in after someone has fought nine people, and you get to get the knockout on the champ. You're like, hey, look at that! I totally took out the champ, which technically I did. Then um, you can but, still say it and not and say I can the still other say part. It, uh, but it's. Uh, not exactly uh yeah <clears throat> that's the fun thing about uh, about epic fantasy um like we can have as good a first week as anybody um but the thrillers hang on longer right uh they just have they have um they sell in airports and things like that and let's just say book four of a series of thousand page books isn't going to be as big a impulse buy as uh, as the new Dan Brown book, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where we do get to dominate is uh, Amazon has a a most read section, right? Yeah. Uh, they have a bestseller list of most sold and both most read, and we get to dominate the most read because it takes forever to finish one of these books. <laughs> and so, um, like Oathbringer was the number one most read book on Amazon. Uh, for until like mid February after it released or something like that, and I haven't looked on this one, but it's probably similar. Just lots of uh, lots of things to read, um, or lots of pages to read, I should say. So, it's true. That's a uh, fact. We did have uh, President Obama's book come out, and I don't know if they split that by fiction and nonfiction. Um, and so um, I got I got knocked out by the Obamas twice this year. Oh no! So sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm still number one. Still number one. Um, on Amazon hey. as of this recording. <laughs> nice. so, do they split by fiction and nonfiction? So who's number two? Um, but yeah. Uh, Harry, Potter. Harry Potter's number two. Okay. Oh, Harry okay. Potter is often number one or number two, uh, particularly following the holidays. People yeah, get that makes Harry sense. Potter books. Um, but yeah, this is only counting audiobooks and ebooks, not print books. Oh, Obviously, okay. the, Amazon has not yet fa- managed to find a way to embed a chip into your print books. <laughs> to determine uh what you're reading and how long so i'm sure they're working on that somewhere in in the headquarters Mm -hmm. (laughs) well well we kicked argent off the show so you wouldn't have to brandon Uh. (laughs) (laughs) oh what happened to argent Oh, nothing. Uh, we just mm-hmm. we figured you'd be talking plenty, uh, yes. so we didn't want to have too many people on. Uh, but that makes sense. Yeah. We did say if one of the three of us, you know, befell a horrible accident before tonight, that we somebody should probably check that Argent wasn't responsible. Yeah, <laughs> trying yeah. to get a spot. <laughs> it's true. How's, the, uh, how's the podcaster? I guess this is the live the stream. It's not a live stream. How's the stream been going? Uh, the the podcast's been going really good. This is, I think, going to be episode 138. We started okay. right at Oathbringer time, doing weekly okay. and then bi-weekly. Uh, and we've trained people 
Perhaps not surprisingly, given that they read long epic fantasy to watch ridiculously long YouTube videos. <laughs> like right. uh, yes. we we did a podcast on Ba Edo Mishram, and that was over three hours, and that was one of our best viewed ones. So, okay. so they they loved that. They're like, "Wow, it went so fast for three hours!" <laughs> like, all right, cool. So, and it's we just good. hit ten thousand subscribers. Yeah, nice. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. On your way to that silver play button. Yes, at 100. Yes, yep. true. Yup, yup, yup. You can go next to the, the Stabby Award that Eric's going to be getting. Yes, uh, our oh. fantasy had its Stabby Awards, and we won Best Sight. So uh, apparently I'm getting a nice. dagger soon, uh, but it has <laughs> we not can, uh, We yet. can fight with ours. <laughs> ah, yeah. excellent. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That That's good YouTube content right there, Brandon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Make that the thumbnail. We'll get all yeah, the clips. Yeah, that, no, that's that's a quality <laughs> sketch right there. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious. Uh, obviously, especially with the live streams this year, you get lots of questions from the fandom. Um, how do you feel about the sort of culture around words of Brandon? Do you ever oh. worry that like the fandom <laughs> takes them too seriously? Are you worried about like well, yes, I do worry. Enough. Like I try to explain. A word of Brandon is not written in stone. And I think that people know this by now. Like a mm -hmm. word of Brandon is how I am planning to do it, but it's not canon until it's in the books, um, right? And things get changed uh, as books are being worked on and better ideas come around. But the thing is, I grew up in Wheel of Time fandom, right? I am used to this sort of thing. Um, I'm accustomed to it. It doesn't frighten me. Um, I'm just used to dealing with it. It's part of fandom to me. And I would certainly rather have this than the alternative, which is no one paying any attention or caring. Right. That's true. Um, yeah. like the opposite is far, far worse. Uh, but I do worry that sometimes people take them a little too seriously. Um, mostly the ones that I give off the cuff while I'm doing a, a live signing session. Like when I'm uh, at, at a book signing, trying to write people's names and phrases in their books while they're asking me questions. And I flub those way more often than I flub ones on a live stream where I'm not having to track people's names um, and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I will often, as you know, I've, I've said this many times, I will often answer the question I think people are asking rather than the question they actually ask because something's on my mind I've been thinking about and they'll ask a question and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, that's not what I asked. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like Oathbringers, a shark, uh, Oathbringers, an honor blade. That was a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That like that, where they think I'm dropping some big material and I'm just making a misstep, right? I'm just like, yeah. Oh, whoa. Alex is being attacked by her cat. Uh, yes. <laughs> We, we, we knew this would happen. It's been known to happen on Shardcast before. Many times. I did not bring Jell-O. Um, so, That's yeah. okay. Jell-O's great, though. Jell-O is great, but Jell-O is way more distracting than a cat. Yeah, <laughs> she, that, that's true. That's true. She doesn't try to eat your uh, your equipment. <laughs> she likes to she likes to bonk her head against the microphone sometimes. Mm. So we do we do very quickly try to mute ourselves when when Dalish is up on and around. Hopefully yeah, we're gonna have to go get, to sleep like, back there. Mic on me next time Jello comes on because <laughs> he just loves the the, the lapel, lapel mic. mic. Yeah. It is, he <laughs> gets laser tight focus on that. Yeah. He loves it. Uh, and speaking of words of Brandon, uh, where we are not going to have like 
physics testy questions. We're going to get into some spoiler questions. Okay. But uh, there's some particular ones, but it's not like in this time bubble, in this time bubble, in this diagram. <laughs> yes, like, yes. yeah, we, yeah. we would Mix actually like to come back. time and, and <laughs> this sort of thing. I, I mean, I ask for that in some ways by by telling them that, like, I'm going to use the magic to uh, to make FTL happen and things like that. And so I'm, like, seeding it, right? I'm basically saying you should play with this and see what you can figure out and see if you can anticipate the way that I'm going to use it for some of these space travel things. Um, so it's, it's, it's not like they're asking uh, questions they shouldn't be asking. It's just getting very minute uh, detailed physics answers out of me when I do not have my notes in front of me. Uh, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Like when I get those questions, I often will just go to my team and say, Hey team, um, look this up. Do we have an answer to this yet? Uh, do I need to make an answer to this right now? And that sort of thing. And it can be several days for me to even get a question like that answered when I'm working on the books. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of Jello, I don't know if you've seen, there was fan art recently of Jello as Odium and you as Dalinar saying that you cannot, uh, he cannot have your pen. Oh wow! That I was very good. That one. Uh, Adam's pulling it up for me right now. It, it, it's pretty great. Um, Super cute. That yeah. should go on the next meme review. Oh, yes. that's great. Yeah, <laughs> that is really nice. I'll, I'll I'll edit it in on screen over our faces or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it is excellent. Wonderful. That's pretty thank great. You, thank you to I the just, artist. I do not know the artist off the top of my head. We'll we'll put you I on love the, the fat jello on top of a pile of buttons that Steve Argyle did. <laughs> I want to turn that yeah. into a shirt, except make it like a fat dragon on top of a pile of books uh, and just be like book hoarder. Um, <laughs> That's a good your, shirt uh, idea. That's solid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that would be pretty cool. So I have a bit of a legacy question for you. Yeah. Um, so in 1966, Ursula K. Le Guin coined the term Ansible for yes. devices that facilitate faster-than-light communication. Yep. Uh, since then, the term has been used pretty widely in the science fiction genre and yep. by you and words of Brandon. Uh-huh. In Stormlight, you have the term Fabriole and Artifabrian for magical technology. How would you feel if Fabriole escaped you and oh, other... Oh, man, that would be awesome. Okay. Right? Um... That would, that would that'd be really uh, incredible. Um, so, yeah, that'd be great. It's just a cooler, like, in-world term than Magitech. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. it, it sounds more organic. Yeah, like something so. that they'd actually say. And with, with the fandom, uh, it's really quite astonishing to, like, compare the difference between the fandom now versus 2010, right? Like, Wheel of yeah. Time's not done. It's just a little different. <laughs> You know, that was about when I got into the books was 2010, mm -hmm. like, yeah, right before yeah, all the wheel of time. 2007. That's the really yeah. fun yep. thing, Oof. right? Yep. Yeah, that's Those when I joined. people who were reading, uh, reading Warbreaker over the summer. Oh, yeah. Of what was that? 2006, actually. I think it yeah, was. I think that was a little um, earlier than when I joined the and offering feedback guide. on it. Like, that's a completely different era also. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you can do that again for the sequel because there's just going to be way <laughs> yeah. too many people. I mean, I would want to release it as I write it, but I don't know if I'd be able to do a live beta test or a beta read like I did on that. There'd just be too much feedback. Yeah, 
you know, just There's already have... almost too much feedback from our regular beta reads. What? No way. <laughs> I, I didn't know. No notice. way. <laughs> just have like 20,000 people in a Google Doc trying, yeah. to, trying to leave comments. That'll go great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, like, people just know about the Cosmere now, as opposed yes. to 2010, where they had, like, hints at the end of Mistborn. But they're like, mm-hmm. wait, what? So... It has people knowing more about the Cosmere changed how you've written the books? Like, have you put in more? Have you like more connections less than you planned? No, I've put in more. Um, I, I always wanted there to be more, but my instinct said, don't do it. Um, Mm -hmm. This is because people were pretty anti-continuity for a long time, right? Like Mm -hmm. they wanted continuity in a series, um, but this sort of stuff, um, there was just, I, I, it's a hobby horse of mine, a, per, a pet theory, I should say, that I think that the people becoming familiar with the internet and becoming comfortable with fan wikis and stuff is what made the MCU possible, um, right? Mm-hmm. And is what made the Cosmere work. Um, because you can, like WandaVision, which I just watched the first two episodes of, yeah, me too. It doesn't feel really like good. that could exist in a previous incarnation without That's the true. internet for people to go look up and be like, who were these? Yeah, what's going on here? Um, who are these cameos uh, and all that stuff? It's just too weird to exist in a pre-internet era in my, um, my gut sense. Um, and, you know, my publisher was saying, don't do this. Um, if people, you don't want people to feel like they're diving into something too deep. Um, that will scare them away. Uh, and so I was really cagey with it at first. Um, um, as you can just tell from the books. And it turns out we're in a different era. It, we're in an era where this sort of thing is not so threatening. Um, and also, my popularity has influenced that as well, right? Like um, the fact that the books sell really well means that there are good fan wikis, which also means that there are people talking about um, the stuff behind the scenes uh, in the books. And it just means that I can be a little bit more free with that. Uh, I still want each series to have its own identity, right? Um, And when I do crossover things, I want them to to use the crossover in each in their own way if that makes sense, uh, so that it doesn't just become a big hodgepodge uh, of ideas and, uh, and things like that. Um, but the further I've gone, the more comfortable I've been making these uh, crossovers happen, and I've been able to experiment and see which ones work best and what people like. And I've also come to better understand that it's okay for there to be a chapter where Vasher explains um, deep <laughs> Cosmere magics. Um, as long as that's not the core of the book, uh, people can read that and be like, oh yeah, he knows lots of weird stuff. Oh well. And it, to them, we'll read like Star Trek uh, techno babble. But to those who follow these things, it'll give some structure and um, kind of delve a little bit further into how some of this works. So um, I'm more comfortable with it now. I don't think I would have put a scene um, like um, the Vasher one I just referenced in, uh, in one of my books the first few years I was writing. 
I might have had him explain the magic in his world only. <laughs> right. Right. But explaining magic in a more, this is how it works on a, in, a, on a fundamental level is, is a different thing. Do you worry that the connections have been too much? Because I know you've been saying with uh, Rhythm of War that like we're kind of in a new era where there are more intersections than like no, previous I would, books. No, I'd be curious what fans think about that, right? Um, I don't think we're at too much right now. I think that basically we're at a point where I have to start doing it more um, because, um, again, the sort of popularity and things like this are meaning that people are really looking forward to some of the big crossover stuff. And for some of the big crossover stuff to work, it just can't, it can't just come out of nowhere, right? Um, you have to have seen, this is this one of my philosophies on all sorts of storytelling. You have to have seen the seeds ahead of time um, that, you know, once in a while you do want a, a surprise left hook to hit someone completely unexpectedly. But for the most part in my books, I want you to be able to anticipate things. It's a, a feature, not a bug, that the fandom can figure out what's, hap what's going to happen in upcoming books, at least mm -hmm. to me. I have to accept mm -hmm. that that way because otherwise you'll go down a path of madness, um, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Where you will be as some of my writing colleagues trying to change things last minute because the fans guessed it. Mm. Where yep. if you did your foreshadowing right, they will guess it. That's, mm -hmm. they just have to be okay with that. And you have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. It has to be a feature, not a bug. And maybe, maybe we'll transition into full rhythm of war spoilers. So, uh, they'll, they'll be, we'll, we'll probably just talk about spoilers from okay. here on out, but spoilers, what? spoilers for rhythm of war and all the stormlight archive, including Dawn shard, I assume. Yeah. And, okay. and, and, may, may, and maybe Cosmere stuff, I guess. So I guess, I guess full, full spoilers. Yeah. But... Full spoilers on the whole Cosmere. Yeah. All right. All right. A full so published Cosmere. Oh, published Cosmere. Storm ends. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Which, which Death Rattle is this? No. What uh, have we done? <laughs> but I loved how, like, people can guess Calden's going to swear the fourth ideal. In yes. the book, right? Like that's yeah. not surprising that that happens, but like seeing in the third book that he failed to, um, is basically a promise on my part that this is going to get resolved. Either he's going to permanently be unable to swear it, and we're going to go a different direction, which is a possibility, or he's going to swear it. That's like that whole scene with him in book three is promising that, right? Yep, exactly. Um, that, yeah. that it that something's going to happen there. Um, it, it, if you know anything about structure, the fact that I had him swear oaths twice and then fail the third time, <laughs> you're like, oh, I see what's, what's going on here, right? It was really <laughs> yeah. important to have him fail uh, on one of those. Um, but at the same time, you could guess where it was going. But, mm -hmm. but it, the, still, the application of the scene and how he swore the oath, even though you can kind of even figure out what the oath is, right? Yes. But, like, mm -hmm. how yeah. it happened, like, that, that brought me to tears, honestly. Like, that, that scene's incredible. People I, were guessing what that oath was, was after reading the first book, right? Oh, yeah. It's pretty yeah. well telegraphed. Yeah. Um, but one thing I have to kind of keep in mind of this is it is journey before destination, right? right? That's, yep. that's part of my philosophy. And... Though it's hard for authors to believe, there have been studies done that say people enjoy stories more if they know the ending. Yep. We all disagree. We don't believe that, right? 
But <laughs> statistically, people knowing, being able to anticipate things is better for the storytelling. I still like to surprise people. It's still part of my dramatic flair. It's just part of my, my practice and my craft. And usually what I try to do is I try to have a couple of things that have been very well foreshadowed um, that you are able to expect and then hit you with that left hook of something that is foreshadowed but kind of in a hidden way. Um, mm -hmm. like, uh, like what happens with Tara Vangian at the end of this, right? Where um, <laughs> theoretically after the fact it should feel inevitable that that's where it went. Oof. But uh, can still surprise you. My goal is to have some of those in every book, but those get harder and harder to do as the fandom learns my tricks <laughs> and it's longer and people have more time to philosophize, right? Mm -hmm. This is why Stormlight is two sets of five instead of one 10 book arc. Even though some of the, some of the things will persist into the second five, um, I needed a kind of let's get all the stuff that I've properly foreshadowed dealt with so that I can start foreshadowing new things and kind of let you have basically a mind reset button on the, 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 the plot arcs that we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. um, and whatnot. Um, again, it's, a, it's not a reset really, the story continues on, but because I'll be able to reintroduce things and things like that in book six, like it can feel like a new series to an extent, mm -hmm. and can therefore um, start brains working a different direction, right? Yeah. Very cool. So speaking of Taravangian, yes. you killed race this book. <laughs> yes, uh, I did. Could, could you like talk about like why you decided to kill him off and have Taravangian sure. be Odium instead? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, was that always part of the plan? So um, I always work in a way where I have different options and opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, was it always the thing that I was absolutely going to do? No. Um, I, I keep myself open on some of these things. Uh, the reason that Ray's needed to go is because he had been essentially defeated at the end of Oathbringer. Um, when Dalinar does not go over to him, right? Mm -hmm. um, and all of his rage and all of his, everything he's trying to do, cannot make that happen we he's defeated um at least in a in a um a philosophical sense now you can bring a defeated enemy back to be a threat again right you can uh you can find a new way to make them a threat um but i knew in this book kaladin was not going to fall to him either right um and once you've had two books in a row um with the the characters uh machinations not uh pulling, you know, not just being stymied by the, the, the heroes. I felt that Ray's just, w I needed a different, uh, a different villain at that point, right? Um, and um, I also think that um, though a lot of deep into the Cosmere people really are interested in the, the original shards um, and getting their stories and things like that, um, for the average reader, Teravangian is a much more identifiable villain. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been building him from book one to be not just really scary, but also a, uh, a philosophical opposite to Dalinar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and these are all the reasons that uh, the book need, this book needed to go the way that it did, um, which does 
you know, the, the, it has benefits and costs. The cost is that um, Odium stops being quite so much an, uh, a scary, uh, the, the, the evil you don't know, which the evil you don't know is a very powerful force in, um, in fantasy literature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the evil you do know um, is in, it, it just does different things. And I lose that evil you don't know, um, though you still have a bit of it because the, the whole kind of um, power of Odium, the shard itself, um, I wouldn't say has volition completely, but it's still there and it's a thing. Um, and it is constrained by Teravangian and directed by Teravangian, but it is still kind of this, the, the, the rage of a deity separated from its morals is, should be a scary thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And in the hands of someone who is essentially a fallible mor- mortal, that should be an even more scary thing. Um, but uh, Ray's, um, had, Ray's had gotten to the point where I no longer felt that he could be, a, if I were going to write the books the way I did, if I was going to have, um, so this, this basically became inevitable when I, uh, when I swapped and made Dalinar's book, book three. Right? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. And at that point, um, I, I, I knew something big needed to shift. Um, but fortunately, I had several options and, uh, of things um, there is a version of the Stormlight Archive where this doesn't happen. Yes, I think it's a worse version, uh, but it's it's until something is written, uh, no matter how much it is in the outline, it's not canon even to me. And I like to be willing to reassess um, what I'm doing. Um, but you know, talking the other direction, uh, the foreshadowing that I put into the books. Uh, the more I foreshadow, the more I do, the more that locks in what I need to do going forward because I don't want to undermine that foreshadowing um, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so anyway, there, there's, a, there's kind of a long-winded, perhaps a little wishy-washy answer to you. Uh, I can tell you why I made the decision, um, but uh, I can't, like, the outlines are these things that are really organic uh, because I'm always working on them. Um, and we'll often have lots of kind of division points where I'm like, these are different places that could go because of the way I write characters, right? Um, like, I'm sure this will cause contention, but I did not decide in the original outline um, who Shalon would end up with or who anyone would end up with, right? Mm-hmm. I've said this before. I write character relationships as I feel they are appropriate on the page and I revise the outline to match how things are feeling and how it's going. Um, and so I know that there are some shippers out there that are like, that means that there was a version of the ship I wanted <laughs> and you didn't do it. It was, it was nefarious uh, beta readers who forced you not to. Um, not true. Or, that is not true. It was, yeah. It was Kellen's fault. Um, <laughs> We have heard that and one before. <laughs> I'm sure you've, you've heard that. I don't want to fuel that because these decisions are made not based on necessarily beta reader feedback. These decisions are made based on me giving life to the characters and feeling where I feel they would legitimately go and then rebuilding my outlines to match. Um, and so... 
Um, while I outline a lot more than my contemporaries, I am not a slave to the outline. Um, and I will change major things such as moving Dalinar to be in book, to be the flashback sequence for book three, which had ramifications all down the line, um, or deciding that I need to do more with, uh, with Eshenai and Venli earlier in the series, which has other ramifications to their viewpoints later right. on, because mm -hmm. I feel it makes the best story. So, Which is great for our next question, because our, uh, our next question is, how much do you plan in the Cosmere? Uh, and yeah. so, like, there, there, there were a few things in Rhythm of War that were like, "Oh, this is this is a different direction." Like anti-investiture that Black Sphere Gavilar yeah. had in the prologue, yeah. being anti-investiture, and like Testament and Shallan were like those yeah. always part of the plan or options or uh, those were always options. Yeah. Um, so anti-investiture has actually been pretty core uh, for a long time. Um, this was, there, there are a couple of reasons for this. Number one, I need to get certain resources into the Cosmere for use in the future, right? Uh, and anti-investiture is one of those. Um, uh, another reason being that I want to push Stormlight Archive more toward, as the word you used before, magic tech, right? Because I'm pushing Mistborn, um, more toward, um, Earth analog, right, with Earth technology right. and then some cool uh, uh, fantastical things thrown in. But when you're using the technology, like when you're using a radio on Scadrail, it's a radio, right? You know what a radio mm -hmm. is. It works based on radio principles. And yeah, maybe you can do some wacky things um, to, to, with, with weight, right? Um, but an airship's kind of an airship uh, to them. Whereas I want uh, Roshar, which is my kind of opposite end of that spectrum, not Earth mm -hmm. analog, where an airship on Roshar is not an airship like you would imagine. It's, it's not being propelled in normal ways. Uh, it's working right. off of all these weird magical things. Mm -hmm. um, and anti-investiture was an important thing to get in um, to the series uh, for the future for that reason. Um, it also was from book one, I knew that um, I needed uh, magical healing for Roshar, the stories I wanted to tell to work, right? Um, and I needed some really powerful magical healing, um, particularly for the Knights Radiant, um, mm. because of the stories I wanted to tell. Um, and this meant that I was going to be very much undercutting the danger of physical violence mm. in uh, the Stormlight Archive um, as we moved forward, as the characters became Radiance, um, right? Like, it is really hard to kill a Radiance just in, a, in combat. Uh, mm. And there need to be foils to that. Um, beyond that, um, because, like, from the first chapter of the first Cosmere novel, Elantris, Death has not been the end. In fact, you know, we start the first book with someone being resurrected, right? Like that's, um, that's like, it's true. Yeah. Um, the, one of the main themes of the Cosmere is a second chance at life, right? Uh, this is Raiden's story. This is Light Song's story. Um, this is Kelsier's story. This is, right? Like this is a major theme of the Cosmere. Um, and so I needed to be introducing into the Cosmere a, um, a dead is dead 
um, mechanic. Mm. Um, and I considered shard blades for that for a while. And then before I even uh, released uh, Stormlight, I'm like, no, can't be shard blades um, because um, like I can't have uh, every battle that like once everybody, lots of people have shard blades, then uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's too dangerous. Then, <laughs> then there's like, there's no purpose of the magical healing, right? Right. And so I, I basically needed another tool uh, for the late part of the Cosmere when people have figured out cognitive shadows and stuff like that. How do you destroy a cognitive shadow? Well, there's, there are ways, but you know what? Throw some anti-investiture at them. And that's guaranteed, right? right. You are going to kill that shadow. Um, and mm. so um, I've been pushing toward where to get this in. Um, and this book felt like the right place. Um, it was either this book or book five. Mm. Um, and where it settled into this book is when I finally made the decision that I was just going to go ahead and let Navani be a main character. Um, <laughs> which she kind of been pushing to be for a while. And I've been pushing back and I'm like, no, um, no, I deserve to have a scientist, uh, an actual straight up scientist main character in the stormlight who can dig into some of this stuff. Um, I can self indulge by doing that. Um, as long as I balance it with, um, with, you know, Paladin behind enemy lines uh, uh, fight sequences and things for a more traditional structure uh, because Navani scenes do not have a traditional structure. No. Um, they're like, we're going to do science now, but we're making up the science also. So, math <laughs> in tight. Um, My know. mom found it interesting, Brandon. She read it. The book. So good. Um, I'm going to hop out of order, but like the yeah. Navani and Rabaniel storyline was mm. one of my favorites in Rhythm of War. And I'm really sad that we probably are not going to get any more of Rabaniel. She was great. Nope, that's for a, now. That's investiture death. Yeah. So yeah. she's gone. We're, I'm sorry. We're maybe like fingers crossed, Harold flashbacks. We might oh, yeah, see a little more. Yeah. 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 You, you can see her in flashbacks in the Harold flashbacks. Yes. She, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's Definitely so good. Maybe my favorite new character yeah. in mm-hmm. Stormlight that we've had introduced later on. Yeah. Yeah. And well, the other thing I wanted to do with this book was really get some fused to show their viewpoints on life um, because it's not something I've really been able to do yet. Right. Um, and uh, so I had her waiting in the wings um, in order to like, as basically as um, Ray's as Odium became in my mind, less of a threat because Dalinar had just completely defeated him. <laughs> I also knew I needed a more personal antagonist for this book um, that we could approach in a different way. Like, Raze is the unknowable evil, right? I wanted the knowable antagonist, not even necessarily evil, evil evil-ish in Raboniel. And so, yeah, I was was really looking forward to being able to write her. And one of the decisions by being able to make Navani a main character by just saying, I'm... Brandon, I'm going to let you do this to myself. Uh, let me pull off that dynamic between them um, that was extremely fulfilling to write. Yeah. As someone whose favorite character is Navani, 
this yeah. is the best Stormlight book ever. <laughs> Ian really likes it. As far as I'm concerned. Well, thank you. He he, he really um, likes Navani and, and this book a, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, as opposed to being sad for Raboniel dying, uh, then there's Lesian, who we're really happy he's dead with anti-investiture. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Speaking, he, he, he could not continue because no. talk about villains that have been defeated... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. This guy's whole thing is I've never been defeated before. Oh, Kaladin beat me in part one. Well, <laughs> I've never been seen it twice. Oh, he beat me twice. Um, uh, three times. Yeah. yeah. Um, he needed to go. <laughs> he needed to go. Uh, yep. In fact, the original draft that I submitted to my writing group didn't yet have that scene where he go goes. I've been planning on it. I'm like, I'll get around to it eventually. And they almost revolted. They're like, what? He's still alive. I'm like, no, no, he 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 will go go. I just have to I have to find the right way to write the scene. Um, yeah. So they didn't actually get to read that scene with uh, with L and him. So yeah, it's definitely one of those Brandon ending scenes that are just like, wow, yes. there's some weird stuff going on here and stuff. With so L. many new questions. Yep. <laughs> All these weird fuse to have been around way too long. Way um, too long. Yep. The guy that they gave uh, his name to Moash. Yeah, yeah. I, I am very interested to see how Moash Teravangian dynamics gonna be in book five. Like that's that's yeah. gonna be a very Oof. different thing. Yep, looking forward to that one. Yeah, there, there will be some fun things I can write there. Cool. Uh, fan expectations being they can be a very hot button issue for a lot of yep. fiction and we really mm-hmm. saw a lot of that with like Yasna's plotline in Rhythm yep. of War um, yep. do you just have any further reflections on sort of the interaction between author and the expectations of fans especially um, from, a like a representation question. standpoint yeah. mm-hmm. um, this is the sort of area where actually fan interaction is very good for me um, because um, it, it, it helps me see, um, what, like as a storyteller, my main desire and goal is to give people a satisfying experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, um, I don't want to make it sound too much. Like I, I, I hope I don't sound like I'm pandering, but one of the reasons for the big beta reads is I want to understand what people's reaction to my story is going to be. And I want to craft that reaction to be the one mm-hmm. I want them to have or one that I understand and I'm okay with, even if it's not, you know. Um, and so that's really, particularly in representation sort of things, one of, I've said long ago from the get-go, my mandate to myself was to do a good job with this, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is one of my central personal goals and mandates in writing these stories, um, is that if you run across someone who is like yourself in the books, that you uh, feel I did a good job. Now, that's different from making them just like you, right? That's the thing, because everybody's individual experience, like you aren't going to even find two people with depression who approach depression in the same way. Um, but I, I want it to feel authentic even to the people who have more experience than I do. Um, and I can't do that without, um, watching fan interaction, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's how I come up and that's how I know these things. And that's how I know if I'm doing a good job. 
Um, and so uh, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I won't let that make me make a character something I don't feel that they are. Um, but I certainly can um, try out. Like when I, the Yasna scene, right? Um, I tried just to make sure uh, seeing how Yasna felt if she were lesbian when I wrote the scene. Uh, it didn't feel authentic to her character. Um, and it turns out that writing it again with her being ace really did feel really authentic to her experience. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something that had been, you know, fans had been pushing for, and I'd not really tried intentionally doing it until this book. And it was right. It was absolutely the right way to do the character. Um, I wouldn't have gotten there without, without fan involvement, right? Um, so uh, this is something that I encourage fans to, uh, to talk about and to, to point out where they feel I've made missteps. I'm not always going to agree. I do have to tell you that, right? Um, because I have that caveat of not everybody who is who who is like you it interacts with it the exact same way and that's a um that's a thing that is dangerous for me to say right because writing a character who's very different from myself who am i to tell the person who has depression <laughs> right. right that yeah. well not everyone acts has depression like like you do um that's that could easily just become an excuse on my part but it's also true right like different people's interactions with these things are different. Um, and um, so it is a hard line to walk, right? Like if you get into disassociative identity disorder, right? Like the way different people interact with, with their surroundings, having DID is just really distinctive based on the individual and their alters. Um, and mm -hmm. I can do my best job, but if um, I try to blend everything, it'll actually feel less authentic. And so I do apologize that sometimes I'm going to do one and I'm going to, I'm going to pick a style and go with it. Um, and it's not going to feel as authentic to you as if I had done it just like you are. That's not me saying don't bring it up. Uh, just understand and keep in the back of your head that that is something that is really relevant uh, to this conversation. Mm -hmm. And there will be things that I am just less good at um, than others. And I do apologize for that too. I, you know, pointing back to Matt and the wheel of time, like my first attempts at Matt uh, were less good than I got him to be and never quite got as good as my parent or my ran. Um, and that's just um, limitations of my skills as a writer. So if you want to rewrite it in your head to be done better, um, I give you, you know, that's, that's another big kind of personal philosophy is you're okay having line item veto on my books and, uh, <laughs> and your head canon is definitely valid to you and uh, thumbs up. Go ahead. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and in that same vein of representation, uh, like Shalon's bisexuality was not intended initially no right? it wasn't I, I i think it was there in the back of my brain right that's the like when someone pointed that out to me i'm like wow she really describes other women in a way that feels <laughs> like and i'm like oh yeah she totally does 
uh, um, but not being bisexual myself, um, uh, then like, it's not a thing that I had even kind of realized I was doing, but I really feel like that was, I was searching from that from the get go and I needed a fan to point it out to me. And then when I ran with that, I'm like, wow, that just works so well, uh, for how I've been writing her. Yeah. I think the person who reached out to you on Twitter was my very good friend, Silver, who I still play oh, yeah. D&D with. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, so. give Silver my thanks. Uh, for, I will. You know, that's, that's an example of someone asking uh, and helping the books be better. Um, because as an author, like you get very used to, um, basically, you throw yourself, um, you know, balls, like footballs that you know you're going to catch right and your gut says this is the right time to toss this football and then later on you catch them um and you get very good at doing this and you start just doing a lot of things by instinct that later on you're like wow i sure i'm glad that i had the instinct to do that because i needed it later on um and your subconscious is working on a lot of things that um, this is how discovery writers like write their books, right? This is how George <laughs> Martin works for his entire, uh, his entire career is he's lobbing long, uh, football hail Marys and then catching him them himself five years later. Um, and yeah. not, not quite knowing how he was going to catch them. Yeah. Discovery writers tend to be better at that, uh, than outline writers, uh, in general, cause they practice it. But it is a thing that all writers do, in my experience. Sure. That totally makes sense. So mm-hmm. it, in Rhythm of War, when we see Vale in the scene in yes. the bar where she's expressing interest in women, was, was yes. that meant to confirm Shalon's buy in text? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what um, I thought. But Yep. That was meant to be read as Vale, um, like, legitimately, like... I, I realize you could read that as she's just joking around or things like that, but that was Vale expressing interest uh, in those ladies. Well, I suppose uh, what some people were saying is like maybe vile, vile. Uh, <laughs> let's try that again. That Vale is bisexual and not Shalon, right? Yeah, I would say that um, they are both, and Vale kind of in a way to make it less threatening to Shalon has started really only um, talking about women that way, right? Hmm. Uh, partially for Adolin's comfort and for <laughs> Shalon's comfort, right? Um, if, that, if that makes sense, right? It's more of a safe place because to them, they know she would not go and act on those if it were about men or women, but it'd be more threatening if she were talking about men that way. Interesting. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. If that makes sense. No, it does. I, I, I definitely got the vibe that Vale was more the sort of person who was willing to say those sorts of things. Right. But mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. that a lot of the sort of speculation about Shallan went back to book one before Vale had even sort of become a yeah. character, we're like, mm-hmm. that, that this has been with Shallan for a while, um, way back when. Yep. Yep. And I don't think Shallan would express it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, she might be too culturally biased mm. to even acknowledge it, 
but Vale, no, no <laughs> issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But now Vale has been. That's one of the things. For instance, since we're talking spoilers, um, Vale has been incorporated, right? Yep. Uh, so mm-hmm. Vale is Shalon now again, which is one of those things that um, that as I was doing it, I recognized could be controversial in the uh, DID community mm. um, because there are various different opinions um, about whether incorporating alters is actually the method uh, is, is good for um, the, the individual or not. Um, and the decision I made on this is it was good for Shalon in that circumstance using my best understanding of the psychology and uh, the treatment recommendations and knowing both sides of that argument, it was the right thing for Shalon right then. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean necessarily that she has to incorporate Radiant in order to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will just point that out. There was definitely been discussions on the forums uh, about mm-hmm. yeah. that with, with DID people, and it's been very interesting to read. Yeah, we've yep. had some really good threads from like plural members on 17th Shard, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot about the the way this reads to somebody who lives this experience. It's it's very yep. interesting. Um, and you know that comes into that comes into like I'm not always going to do it exactly like you, but I'm going to try to make sure that the sides are represented, right? Like mm. the reason um, I tried to make it very clear, Rissen doesn't isn't looking to and doesn't need to be healed to become whole as a character. That's right. not mm-hmm. her arc, right? Um, like that's not that's not the point uh, uh, with Rissen. Uh, Rissen is whole as a character as she is and has found her way there uh, through her own experience um, and and whatnot. So um, and there's definitely a large community um, that uh, talks about that um, in ways that are very positive and uh, and helpful. So yeah, yeah. That was great to read with Rissen and Don Chard. So I actually kind of want to bring us back around to Rabonio because she was such a phenomenal <laughs> so good. villain. So she was, good. She was really so good. good. <laughs> she was a great um, But like in a lot of like Navani's viewpoints, like she, Navani is like very uncertain of like just how genuine is Rabonio yeah. being. Like, like beyond the obvious deceit concerning yes. her true intentions. Like like, yep. did she really know, not know about Sunraiser being Elokar's blade? Like, was her, how re- true was her grief over her um, daughter's death? And like with um, Venli, like, what were her intentions? Like, revealing the survival of the listeners and dis- dismissing her from service. Like, I just love Raboniel. I want to know everything <laughs> about Raboniel. Future so, writer. I'm only answer one of those. Okay. Right. Uh, her grief over her daughter's death was completely authentic, mm-hmm. as was her desire for um, for may- bringing an end to the war. Mm-hmm. Like Rabonial, like that part of her is completely authentic and legitimate. Her mm-hmm. motive is to make sure it can't keep going. Um, now, whether she's right in that, whether it can keep going with this or not, but it is a subject for discussion. Right, but she believed that this was the best way to make sure 
that the fighting ended. And that was her mm-hmm. primary goal. And that was at cross purposes, even at times with Odium. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, so that is legit. Um, some of the other stuff I will leave uh, subject to uh, reader interpretation. Mm. How about? That's fair. <laughs> so there, there, there has been a question in the fandom uh, ever, ever since part one, where we learned uh, that the thrill got tossed in the ocean. Oh yeah, uh, and you, you commented <laughs> that betas really wanted more information, which I can confirm is accurate. Yeah, uh, and and you, you were saying in Reddit, space you, for it. well, there's space now. How's it? There's space now. <laughs> um, so, um, so they um, at. Um, Yasna's suggestion, which came through Hoyd, uh, locked it in an aluminum box and threw it in the ocean. Um, the argument for this being that anywhere they could hide it, the enemy could get to. Um, and an unmade would be pretty easy to find in the cognitive realm. Mm. Um, right? You can't hide an unmade very easily. Aluminum's going to help a ton with doing that. Um, but um, so what you have to do is try to uh, make it as inaccessible as possible. And the most inaccessible thing they could do is lock it in an aluminum box and throw it in the ocean. Um, uh, if they had kept it anywhere in um in the city or whatnot then um they would the enemy would have been able to find it uh very easily um Mm. even inside an aluminum box let's just say Mm. um so um this method was their best guess at being able to keep it out of the enemy's hands um it is not a great solution Unfortunately, there just isn't one um, um, that they could find. Um, as we uh, talk about a certain other unmade who is somewhere locked in a gemstone uh, that might come up in the next book, maybe. Uh, we'll, find, we'll talk more about this. Uh, so I don't know if you're aware, but Ba Edomishram yeah. is like one of my favorite characters since Oathbringer. Okay. There's three mentions of her in Oathbringer, and I'm like, yes. I don't care. She's amazing. Like, yeah. w- will she be amazing? <laughs> well, I have to raffo that. Eric. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I'll, I'll grab. I'll grab one of my raffo cards that I have. But yes. I just there had you, the you, had to ask. You can put another tally mark on your raffo card. <laughs> um, raffo counters. Yep. But uh, we did try very hard to prune from Rafo questions for the most yes, part. We're like, yes, we don't wait, just wait. want this to be a bunch yeah. of Rafo. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, that one I knew it was going to get Raffoed because it's like, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I, I hope she's awesome. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so what made you decide to canonize not one, not two, but four new shards? Like a whole <laughs> quarter of Aiden Albion yes. in this book. Uh, I, it had been long enough. Um, I had been coy with them long enough, and I had worked out enough of the outlines moving forward that I knew which shards I needed um, and things mm. like that. And so they had be- gotten locked in enough that I could just uh, do it. Um, and so, and they would mention it, right? We're getting to the point that if I didn't start mentioning them, 
I have to do verbal gymnastics in the stories to not, right? Mm -hmm. Like when, uh, when uh, Harmony is trying actively to figure out what happened and who they all are and where they all are, um, and you know, it just, it was, it was time for me to go ahead and stop dribbling that. The reason I was dribbling it is there were still a few I was deciding upon, right? Mm -hmm. um, and now that they're all locked in, there's no reason to hold it back. Um, I don't hold things back from you guys out of glee. <laughs> I hold them back because um, narrative drama, right? Um, <laughs> That's right. And because things are not locked in yet. So th there's still two we don't know. Do you have those locked down or are those um, still in? So I have those. Those are a little more vague. Like I haven't picked the words for them. Does sure, that make right. sense? Okay. Totally like does. I look for the right word. And sometimes I have like a word, but it's the wrong synonym, right? Like you have the right concept. Um, odium but... in this case would be hatred, which like, you know, hatred just kind of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. calling the villain hatred is just less, doesn't work. In the same yeah. way that calling the villain odium uh, works, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I'm looking for those right words. So, and and I guess in the books, right? Like Hoyd could just tell Yasna at this stage. Yeah, like Hoyd knows. Like Hoyd when knows. You... He could just be like, "Oh yeah, here they are." <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. You oh, know, boy. this one's a terrible baker. That one is yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> terrible there's baker no... confirmed for a shard. No, yeah, there's no mad theorizing. <laughs> Which of the sixteen is a terrible? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's um, a joke. I, I that did is like a joke. the uh, the setup of like tossing one name in the first epigraph. So he's like, oh, new shard name, and then the next yeah. epigraph we get three more. It's like, yeah, that was that oh, was incredible. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's really knocking everyone. That's off the sort feet. of stuff that you guys care about a lot. <laughs> that the vast majority of fans are like, huh? Uh, yep. And then, but yeah, they're like, mm, these epigraphs are sure a thing. Uh, yes. Yep. The epigraphs, I do let myself go uh, a little even more uh, further along certain things uh, <laughs> toward Cosmere stuff than in even even in other parts. But that's just uh, foreshadowing, that. really, right? Yeah. In no sense. And you always that's know we right. appreciate it, so. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, looking toward book five, <laughs> Is the prologue with Gavilar just going to be enormous at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to wrap up all the rest of the threads? <laughs> I do need to wrap up a lot of threads. Um, 20,000 word prologue. One. So we'll see. <laughs> I haven't written it yet. Uh, we'll see how long it gets. Uh, I hope I'm not straying into Robert Jordan prologue territory. 90,000 word prologue. prologue. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. So this is the book we read before we read the book. <laughs> the pre-book, the appetizer mm. book. <laughs> if there was any time to do that in your writing, though, G like he, Gavilar has a lot of stuff to do on his checklist yes. on that night. So I mean, he does. <laughs> he does. Lots of irons in the fire. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So you're, you're probably going to raffle this, and I, I've accepted this. Okay. Th this has been driving me insane. <laughs> so in Donchard, we learned that uh, intent and command are two different things. Whereas, like in Warbreaker, Vasher is clearly kind of conflating these two into just saying yes. it's the command. Mm -hmm. uh, what what's the difference between intent and command? Um. So, um, intent encompasses more understanding. 
So that would be more um, the visualization. Command is specifically narrow, hmm. right? Um, so uh, for instance, if I were to say um, to a, and nor, a lot of times these things are gonna, these get, things are gonna be conflated because they basically can be. Like if Vasher creates a, um, an awakened thing and says, go get me those keys. The intent is I need the keys to get out of here. I want to be free. The command is go fetch keys. Those are two different things, but um, they, uh, they are working toward the same goal. Um, it is important in Cosmere terms that the intent is understood. Um, even if sometimes the words that can speak them are clunky and smaller in scale by nature than the, the, the intent. Hmm. Interesting. That makes sense to me. <laughs> I can see the new podcast outline no. just like scrolling behind. I, I have a, a video outline for talking about capital I intent because I was so excited that capital I intent was a thing now with Rhythm of War. Yes. Uh, but then mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know what the difference between these two are, so I never made the video. Jet, <laughs> <laughs> let's say that the intent of a shard encompasses more than the word that the shard uh, is described oh, by. Certainly. Right? Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, it's a similar thing that the intent of a command is often vaster than the actual words spoken. And sure. the magic can grasp the intent, not just the command, mm -hmm. depending on how the magic system and how good you are at it and things like that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. The words are there to focus intent. How about that? Ooh, bringing the old word focus back into it. Let's talk yes. about body focuses. What, what's going on? That, 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 that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw you a kernel on that one in the fifth book if you watch for it. Ooh, oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. And that old Rishan philosophy will will actually be relevant for a small part thing happening in the fifth book. Hmm. Very Good curious. Job. Interesting. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so just to make things easier for us on the wiki to make yep. it very clear, Kelsier and Thydekar. At what point did you decide Kelsier would be part of the Stormlight Archives? <laughs> uh Kelsier is not. Thydekar isn't even. His minions are. Uh, pretty early on. Um right, like um Era three is all it's it there's a whole lot of Kelsier in era three. Mm -hmm. Um and um as soon as I decided that when I outlined the nine books um as I was working on the original Mistborn trilogy, I knew that there needed to be some uh some more uh have him influencing the world at large. How should we say the universe at large? Um um, he is a really fun character to write um, because he does not fit in boxes very neatly. <laughs> he does um, like meddling very, very much. Very true. He does like meddling and he does like, um, and so like there are some, there are a lot of things I want to do with Era 3 um, that I wanted to make sure, like one of my big concerns when I was building the outline with Kelsier uh, with for for all nine books back when it was nine before I added right. the uh, Wax and Wayne books right mm -hmm. uh, back when like two thousand and four 
when I was doing a lot of the big outlining for the Cosmere. Um, Emily's got to dig out that paper I once wrote out for her. Um, this, this was, so I guess she, she, that would have been 2004 till 2006. Cause I got married in 2006 right. and it was 2007 where I drew that thing out for, her, I think might've been actually, no, it was 2006 summer. It was summer 2000 mm. cause we were at, um, I was, a, I didn't have, um, my laptop with me. Mm. Which is, uh, you know, I wasn't allowed at the family, uh, the family reunion. <laughs> uh, and so I instead had a notebook because if I'm not allowed my laptop, I will have a notebook. Yep. Um, and that's why we have a physical copy of this thing. So I was writing mm. it in my notebook. Um, but um, when I was doing all that, one of my big concerns was how to make sure people kept interested in Mistborn while I was potentially spending... Um, years and years away from it. At that point mm. during that outline, I was going to write Dragonsteel before uh, Stormlight, right? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started trying to do that in 2007. Right. Um, but either way, I knew, you know, we're talking five to 10 years away from Mistborn at that point. And I'm like, how can I make sure that this stuff, and so I outlined Secret History, which I could release in the middle meantime, um, and a potential Secret History follow-up, right? Um, uh, that I've mentioned before that I don't know if I'll ever write. Um, and it wasn't until like 2010 or 11, that I'm like, why don't I just write some short stories in this world uh, to keep people focused on it? And then right. I tried one and it was bad. And I'm like, what if I just wrote a little novel? Um, <laughs> little. I can do a little novel, right? Um, and that's where Alloy of Law came from, right? No. Um, uh, technically these speaking. These were all solutions to the same problem, which is, People can't forget about Scadrial. It's really important. Um, they can forget to an extent about Cell. Um, it's still important, but it's not important on the level that Scadrial is going to be, right? Like, um, Scadrial has so many fingers in the, the technology of the future and things like that that I just... And so this was another method to make sure that that we had some Skadrian influence uh, happening while I was in other worlds, if that makes sense. Um, It turns out we ended up getting all of them. We got Secret History and the Alloy of Law, um, (laughs) and we got uh, the the little fingers in the Stormlight Archive. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was important to me that the fingers in the Stormlight Archive be through the frame of reference of the Stormlight Archive, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I definitely think like Shalon learning about Cosmere stuff is a good intro for Stormlight only readers to get interested in the Cosmere right. kind of like secret history is for Mistborn only readers. Right. In a sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in Roshar, if you learn, hey, there's more planets out there and they see Roshar as something with a very valuable resource, like that's enough of an intro to the to the Cosmere mm-hmm. uh, to make it work in Roshar and to make you prep for kind of the future right um and so that's that's why i did it the way i did um and also knowing that people were more okay with this uh but also i needed to get it in it almost maybe should have done it earlier like i saw people guessing that one like by words of radiance right wow really um, wow yes Jeez. um by by the time i was releasing words of radiance i was seeing fan theories that are like what if this? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like throwing darts you know. on a dartboard, like, ah, this person's yeah, this other person. It might be that. Yeah. I mean, but. the whole philosophy 
of the ghost bloods was supposed to dovetail with survivorism, um, survival of the fittest type stuff, yeah. uh, very much. Um, and so I w- I'm hoping that, you know, from the things that they read in that, they were able to connect the philosophies rather than just throwing darts at a dartboard. Sure. But, you know, it could have j- also been the dartboard thing. <laughs> you look so thrilled, Alex. It's funny because we already re- recorded the Kelsier podcast, but it's going to come out after this one. Yeah, and okay. you've put yeah. me in a very weird situation because Uh-oh. I <laughs> loved the Ghost Floods so much. I mean, I guess I still love the Ghost Floods. Mm-hmm. I have a terrible villain crush on Ray's. He's one of my yes, favorite characters. True. And Kelsier drives me crazy. <laughs> and so finding out that now they are intrinsically linked, I'm like, <laughs> no, Kelsier's okay. ruining my favorite thing. But it, it does make sense, I have to admit. So It's okay. Uh, Ray does not have to do what he's told. That's true. That's true. And Yaddle, um, who, that's the other thing. Once I dropped Oathbringer and they're like, hey, this is a... This is a southern continent Scadrian running around. <laughs> this is pretty obvious connection yeah. Uh, yeah. to Scadrial. I had to eventually canonize that. But, you know, Yaddle, let's just say that Yaddle is not necessarily... Don't consider people in the Ghost Buds flunkies. That mm. is not a very Ghost Bloodish philosophy. I guess that makes, makes sense. sense. They're all trying yeah, to backstab I, each other. And, I well, have no, to I ask not. about... No, no, they're not allowed to. No, they're not they're allowed, allowed to backstab. Sorry. That's true. Yes. Go, other ghost bloods That's true. are off they're limits. Right. That's Specific right. rules. Yes. <laughs> because they need them to be very strong. <laughs> Specific rules. Because yeah. if you have... Let's just say an organization um, of people who are drawn to the way Kelsier works. You need some really strong rules. Um, like Such a That's mess. the sort of thing where when he is just with his crew, his force of personality and the people he individually picks, you're not going to have that problem, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I always imagine, like, yeah. you can relate to, to Tor books. Um, they're all assassins. I mean... Uh, <laughs> Or, like, when Tor really w- functions well back in the uh, the 90s, it's because Tom Doherty could keep a close eye on everything, mm. and he liked his editors being a little bit in competition with each other, right? Mm. Um, and he structured his organization so that if you picked an author who did well, you got bonuses based on how well the authors did, which is just a, um, a way of working that could really lead to an unhealthy office environment, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If you think about it. But if you have Tom there making sure that that doesn't become the case, and if you have you know Harriet there watching and making it a good incentive, not a bad incentive, right. then it all works really well. And you have one of the strongest sci-fi uh, publishers that's ever existed because everybody was incentivized to find really good stuff, but they were corralled by Tom Doherty and <laughs> kept it kept it from becoming toxic. Um, right. But now that Tom retired, I think they're changing a lot of that because it's grown too big for one person to watch over, right? Mm. Um, and um, it's the same thing with, with Kelsier. In the median organization of Kelsier, you're going to find a well-bonded crew of people hand-picked who are going to work together as a team, and you aren't going to have to worry about too much backstabbing. Less than average for the type of organization they are. How about that? 
But if his structure is outside of his direct manipulation, the type of people who would be attracted to the organization he makes um, are not going to be nice. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have some problems. <laughs> Ray's would not say that he's not nice. Ray's <laughs> would just say that um, that his niceness is an analogous threshold that does not intersect with the threshold of competence and capability of things he's trying to achieve. Those things just don't don't need to overlap in his life. Is <laughs> uh yeah. Yep. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. He'd say he's a very nice person. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm. I find him very nice to read about, so it works. He was yes. very nice to Shalon by his definition. He was very nice yes. to Shalon? He yep. was very nice to Lyft by yeah. his definition of <laughs> Think of all the things he could have done with her. Oh, boy. Oh, I love and him what so did much. He, do? he gave her as a present to um, a, ancient beings. an ancient being who ruled the tower, um, who, you know, could could properly take care of one such as Lyft. <laughs> oh, Raze is very nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you yeah. heard it here. It's canon. Yeah. Raze is nice. Yeah. Raze is nice. <laughs> he also wanted to keep his fingers, and he felt that yeah. was a better way um, to, uh, to keep his fingers is to make sure Lyft was someone else's problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. He got what he wanted, which was being able to capture her. Mm. Which was not that easy, uh, he would say. So he deserves to have whatever reward because <laughs> it was quite a difficult uh, uh, enterprise on his part. She is not easy to capture. All you She's needed was AVR floating around and yep. uh, yeah. a fair chemist and not to mention the other fair chemist in the book. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> Lots of- you know, those scadrons got to keep an eye on things. They, <laughs> they like the metal. Ha-ha. We- <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Oh, I goodness. It. I liked Took it. Took me a second. Um, I have to ask about using the word avatar for Thytokar sending avatars. Does Kelsier actually have anything resembling a real avatar? Is he just using the word and lying through his teeth? Oh, or- yeah. He's mostly lying through his teeth. Okay, that makes um, sense. Um, Called that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, basically, um, this is not canon, all right? Okay. Because I might come up with a better... But in my head, I have him um, with a large cloak with a Sion on top imitating his face. <laughs> on. Yes. <laughs> Uh, something like that. That is right? so close to what I actually imagined yeah. was happening. That's actually true. Yes. Yeah. You'll see so, next week, viewers. So vindicated. It's true. Yeah. So it was something along those lines. He wants them to think that he is capable of getting to, to Roshar ah, right. in a meaningful, physical way. Um, spoiler, he can't get off schedule. <laughs> and it's really annoying to him. <laughs> yeah. At least by this point in uh, in the continuity, um, in fact, a little past it, right? Because the Wax and Wayne books. Um, no, wait, Wax and Wayne. So uh, I think they. No, no, era Wax and Wayne are before. So right now, Rhythm of War in the main timeline is the furthest along we've been, right? Uh, Six oh, really? of Dust, Dust is technically, but non novella. Um, mm-hmm. Rhythm of War is the furthest along because. Um, I thought Era 2 was between Book 5 and 6. That's what you said before. Yeah, no, no, Allies Between, isn't it? 
That's what you've said before. Yeah. So as as of the alloy era, he is still unable to get off of Scadrill. Guess we'll learn about that in era three if it's all Kelsier stuff. Well, I guess era three will definitely involve some Kelsier stuff. Just (laughs) to say, he's perturbed. Oh, that no good can come from that. Uh, yes. so, he is perturbed. So since you brought them up, I'm going to skip ahead a little. Yeah. Uh-huh. Theones, we, we saw in the cognitive yes. realm. So why are Theones stuck as floating balls of light in the cognitive realm while truth friend get to be people-shaped? I feel that ah. is unfair. That is a little <laughs> unfair, isn't it? Boy, Cell has all sorts of unfair things going on. But <laughs> they can leave cell true. Uh, so there's there's some sort of clue there um, mm-hmm. but lots of unfairness to the poor to, to everybody from cell uh, in various <laughs> ways but the thing that is not unfair is they're able to get places hmm. um, just gotta escape you know. the deadly plasma you know no big deal if, if they can escape <laughs> the deadly um, the deadly investiture plasma covering the cognitive realm <laughs> Uh, in not even covering, like suffusing, right? Uh, the cognitive very realm pleasant. where they are, uh, the the densities, the um, expansion yeah. of the densities. They can mm-hmm. they can escape that. They can go places. Maybe they used to have bodies in the cognitive realm, and they just melted away in the plasma. Like <laughs> <laughs> like my name is an Aeon, so if like if I were in the oh, cosmere, yeah. like I would be an Aeon. Yeah. Like that's right. There you would be. You'd be floating along. Yeah, you, you could like, be on top hands. of Kelsier's heads, though. So doesn't that sound good? I'll be honest; I couldn't decide if I should use a Sion there at the end or a Tamukek. Uh, in oh. one draft, it was a Tamukek, um, <laughs> and then I thought, ah, uh, Sions are way more interesting um, because they have uh, they have um, they have volition, right? Right. Um, Tamukek is just a bone, uh, so. Um, you guys, you guys have read Dragonsteel, right? You guys. Have. Uh, I, I have, have not. not no, yeah. very few other people have. I'm no, very okay. excited. Well, either, anyway, it in was the a Tamakak originally, and then it was a Seon that was back to Tamakak, and then I released it as a Seon. So yeah. So this is the second time you've answered one of my questions by referencing Tamakak. <laughs> it's true. It's okay. true. You must That's ask true. this question sort of thing a lot. Well, no. Well, because it was a, a couple of years ago at BookCon, which is uh-huh. the uh, only other time I've met you. I was asking about singer Gem Hearts being connected oh, yeah. to Fane Life. And he says, like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, they're they're related to Tamu Text with yeah. no context. I'm like, what? Yeah, and I was look, smiling look, and nodding. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, if you want to send it to me, I will take it. I, I'll release it uh, for the Words of Radiance um, uh, Kickstarter, like, like I said. I'm very um, excited for other people to actually read it and be right. as just as confused as I, I mean, was. I mean, basically, <laughs> there's not a whole lot that's canon in that anymore. The Shodel are, the dragons are, and the Tamukex are, right? <laughs> um, but, like, all the Hoid stuff is not really canon anymore. He'll get a completely new uh, book backstory. I have kind of really done some work lately on, on the Aethers in ways that mm. I really think is working. So I think I can start canonizing Aethers, sneaking into the mainline Cosmere books. Interesting. Um, whether I can ever write the book about the Aethers is another question. But you should, 
see more than just little little cameo pieces now that I um, I'm sure about some of the 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 ways they work and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I just uh, I, I made some kind of major breakthroughs in how I wanted that to all connect. Uh, cool. So, yeah. Do you ever worry like when you actually need to write Hoyd's backstory that it like that that's a lot of pressure in a way like it Hoyd's is a backstory. lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, I am not worried about the book being great because the story that I have for it is a, is a great story. Um, what I am worried about is um, how, what random things have I said in books that I didn't write down in the wiki <laughs> that I need to make good on um, that he's mentioned doing at some point, right? Like those are the things I worry about. Um, uh, I think the actual story is, is really solid um, for, for Dragonsteel. Um, the cool. new one, um, yeah. and I think people will really like it. Um, I think it does cool things, um, right? Um, but very cool. We will see. We'll see if we'll see if I can. Right. The longer it goes without me writing it, uh, the more expectations there will be on it. Uh, and so, you know, I should be telling people, look, it is just a book like the other ones, right? <laughs> um, yeah. You know. Uh, it is hopefully a great book that you will really love, but it is just a book. Uh, and it's, uh, once I write it, it can no longer be all the things you're imagining it to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. yeah. and I apologize for that. It does. I do want to do it. Um, but you know, it is just a, a book. It's going to read like a lot of my other books. Um, but you're going to have plenty of time to think about it to make sure it's really awesome, right? Yeah. It will be in first person, which is going Interesting. to be, uh, it's the only planned uh, first person Cosmere uh, series. Um, Interesting. So um, that will set it off and be distinctive in ways I think will be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I need to make good on my Renarin fan Yes, that's uh, true. Obligations. Okay. And can I ask about Gliss and Toomey, um, which are Relaine and Renarin Spren, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously they have some weirdness from Jaanat, but yes. they seem very, very different from the other Mist Spren we see, whose name is Dreaming Though Awake. Yes. And yes. sometimes they seem like they sort of talk like Ink Spren with that, like, focus on the B verb at the end of sentences and things like right. that. Is there a reason why they're so very different from, I mean, we've only seen one other mist sprint, but. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, there are reasons, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, it, l- 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 let's be honest, there, there is a bit of fun, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a bit of fun to raffoing, uh, I'm sure yes. that you have. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I will give you more um, as the series progresses. Remember, Renarin has um, right now in the sequence book seven, right? Um, and so Can't come soon you are going to have an entire Renarin <laughs> yes. book um, with its own flashback sequence and things like that that you can look forward to. That'll be Alex's favorite Stormlight book. It, it's <laughs> already yeah already scheduled as the favorite. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, so. Yep. It'll be, you know, Renarin in his 30s. He'll be older. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Maybe wiser. Super cool. uh, we'll see. I'm excited to see older Renarin. That's going to be amazing, yeah. I think. And like older I, Lift. And, yeah. That's going to be great. I will say I'm super psyched about the sort of Relanarin reveal that, that we've had recently. It yeah. was 
one of those things that reading Rhythm of War, I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot of really cool chemistry here. And I don't think it's ever going to be canon, but I'm just going to love it quietly in my heart and tell other people that I think it's cool. And then it's finding out Oathbringer too, if you go back yeah. to Oathbringer. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, that the, the yep. scene with uh in Rock's mm-hmm. point of view. I was like, yep. Yep. oh, that's that's such a I was just so glad that it it's actually happening. Oh it is. It warms Indeed. my my little Renar and loving heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll be great. So, I looked for a place to get into this book. I actually wrote to the team and said, Should I put this in this book? They're like, No, if it's if it will feel clunky, just do it in book five. Um and so yeah. I mean, I think it was there enough that a lot of us readers got yeah. that the the chemistry was there and yep. it yeah. could work very well. I think you can really do it justice, like, because doing a same-sex relationship and do it really well. Right. So, well, having sweet. two viewpoint characters also, like, that's kind of one of my go-tos, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To avoid tokenism, try to make multiple characters who think differently, right? Um, yeah. Like... Um, like one of the worries was with Renarin and being autistic, I don't want to like conflate these two aspects of his personality, right. but yeah. having Relaine there, um, lets me, lets me have diversity among a given representation in a single book, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which is just way more comfortable for me to, to write, um, um, because it, it lets me make sure that I'm making people their personalities and not their defining attributes. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Kaladin has depression. Kaladin is, is not depression, right? And that's a really important thing. Um, and if it's something that I'm less familiar with personally, it's more important that I have a variety of viewpoints. Even if it's something like making sure that Yasna is atheist and Kaladin is agnostic um, and that I am approaching their different worldviews from their personalities rather than as a cliche of some sort. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So So we're going to do a quick lightning round, then we're going to play who's that Cosmere character because you demanded it. So in Oathbringer, race refers to a group called the Tisark that are supposed to secure the Oathgate. What what does that term refer to? <laughs> I thought cool. they were going to be a, one of the types of fused, and so I was just surprised that that was not the case. We will. I will canonize that later. It very well may be one of the types of fused. We'll see. We'll see. Theorize. Go ahead. <laughs> it doesn't have, yeah. The uh, the right uh, the right uh, suffix. Yeah, that's no, that doesn't. is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this um, is actually referencing um, an episode we did a couple of weeks ago where we had a very long diversion about Kusasesh the Protector at the end of the episode. <laughs> that's true. Oh, wait, that is what? Kusasesh the Protector. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So like every day in Kestor, Kusasesh emerges from the bay at seven forty six in the morning. If the Iriali started practicing daylight savings time, <laughs> would Kusasesh emerge at the old 746 or the new? <laughs> or would it make a difference they, if they all would of not Roshar change was their time based mm-hmm. on uh, the clocks being changed? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. That's wild. 
I um, thought it was tangential enough that I could actually get an answer. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. did get an answer. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little fun one. Um, we've had some uh, discussion, people wondering whether Talm actually broke the Oath Pact or did he just get, or did something else happen? Like he just got too crazy to be able to hold the Oath Pact back or something else? Or is that well, all like totally from torture, That's Raffo. All there, right. Raffo, but there are right. things in the stories talking about that. So it cool. is a question I expect people to be asking. There we go. Still in the air. Still in the air. Does so you you've recently said that uh Rosharns call everything surge binding. So my question is, does Chris call what the fuse do surge binding? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. We still don't know what void binding is, but nope. we'll we'll get there eventually, <laughs> I'm sure. You will. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I lost I that debate. I eventually have to get all these pictures of the heralds, too, that I've been putting in the books. Uh, just, yeah. No. I'm going to do some fun stuff anyway. So let's, let's do something fun. Let's go on to who's that Cosmere character. This character is from Roshar. Menace. Yeah, Tom. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere character? Call. Oh, man. So, this, this is how I feel the like game... I'm going to be really bad at this because you're going to pick, like. <laughs> no, 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 no. What's no. the name no. of, the, <laughs> of the woman that the guy in the interlude where he was in the, uh, in the Pure Lake <laughs> no. is courting? No, no, no. Um, so, so these are going to oh be characters boy. you recognize. Uh, we we don't like characters that are mentioned just like once ever. So, like the best okay. ones are ones that like have good clues, but are of characters that you like will remember. And so, I guarantee okay. you, they are definitely characters you will absolutely remember that I will know. Okay, absolutely. Good. Yes, they're, they're, I'm not trying to trick you there. Uh, but <laughs> okay. so the, the way the game's played, there's five clues. You get to guess after each clue. And so we thought because you're on, you can always do the first guess. Okay. So that's nice. Yeah. Uh, so this first one is sent by Lady Astronaut. And okay. the fun username. Mm -hmm. yep. And clue one is uh, this character has killed many people. <laughs> um, this character has killed many people. Wow, that's a really specific clue. Mm -hmm. Oddly, doesn't um, narrow it down that much. <laughs> Nightblood. It is not Nightblood. Yes. I'm going to guess Vin. It's not Vin. Good one. Uh, I'll go ahead and go Kelsier. <laughs> it, it is not Kelsier. Okay. Clue two. This character goes by multiple names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that does not narrow it down a ton either, does it? Um, well, let's see. Multiple names has killed lots of people. Yes. Um, Vasher. Not Vasher, but I think that's okay. a good guess. Oh, boy. Um... Elof. It is not D-Law. Oh, good. That's a good <laughs> guess, too. Yeah, it's true. I. Ooh, I don't I don't know. Um, it's extra stress because Brandon's on. So it's like, oh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, I got it. Um, this is where you look at the bookcase and be like, what book? Yeah, I know. I moved away from my bookshelves. I don't oh, have no. them behind me anymore. 
Um, you could guess Vivina. She goes by multiple names. We don't know that she's killed lots of people, but it's implied <laughs> yeah. that she knows how to kill people. She I... hasn't done a lot of killing on screen, though, is the thing. I'll do Moash. I don't feel like he's killed lots of people, but... It's not Moash. So, uh, it's not a good guess. I don't clue know. I'll three. Thinking. This character is a father. I mean, I, I thought about Dalinar, but he doesn't go by multiple names, really. I mean, he goes by the Blackthorn. All right, I'll say Dalinar. It's oh. not Dalinar. <laughs> yeah, that's too obvious. No, sometimes we get it first clue uh, on like <laughs> okay. uh, something like that. It's like, is it Kelsier? Yes, it's Kelsier. Like that happens. Yeah. Multiple names, father killed lots of people. Is it Teravangian? It's not Teravangian. Oh. Is it Oh, that's Roshan. a great, well, it, yeah. Who'd you ask? Roshek. It, it is not Roshek. Ah. Yeah, that's true, because okay. he did have kids. We didn't <laughs> talk about that. But... <laughs> I have canonized that. that is, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, clue four. This character has two siblings. Oh, boy. Wow. All right. Who has two siblings? Let's see. Uh... <laughs> Father, no. Uh, okay. So that, that eliminates a lot of people. It really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now I have to search back. Who have I explicitly said has two siblings? Um, so that eliminates Adolin. That eliminates... Renarin, well, yes, Renarin. <laughs> that uh, eliminates Yasna and Elokar. Uh, well, I guess father eliminates Yasna. Uh, I like how you're yeah. doing and exactly was... what we do and go to immediately to <laughs> Rosharin characters. Yeah. There's a lot of them. But let's see. Like Light Song doesn't work. No. Um, oh, man. This is a really I mean, good. Whoever sent this in? Silence this is isn't, doesn't work. Um, let's see. Killed lots of people. Um, I'm searching through the novellas. Um, <laughs> yep. And. Hmm. I don't remember how many siblings this person has, but maybe they do. Is it suit? Oh, it's not from, suit. Okay. I was like, maybe Wax I mean, had another they, uncle. They're saying <laughs> Helen over here. Helen's not a father. Yeah. True. Yeah. So it's. It, it can, I like how everyone in the background's playing too. That's uh, good. Yeah. That's good. I like it. I mean, um, it's not. Um, um, it's not Ham, um, who we know is a father. Um, like. I want to guess Kai Ein, but I don't think there's a third sibling there. Right. Yeah. Do, do you guys got to pass? About... Get clue five. You can pass if you want. Kai Ein's a good guess. Let's see. That's he is a father. He is a father. He He's killed a many killer. people. He does have multiple names and has two siblings. Um, but we know of only one sibling, right? Yeah. Or did I mention a sister? I don't think I, I mentioned think so. a sister to them. I haven't read a laundry in years. So. <laughs> <laughs> if it's someone from Cell, I won't get it. So. Kain is uh, Serene's uncle, uh, the mm -hmm. chef. 
yeah. um, yeah. who is also uh, Crushed Throat the Pirate. Um, is that one of your guesses? So. Ryuk. What's that? Uh, is that one of your guesses? <laughs> yes, uh, that's a guess. Okay, it's not It's not Kayain. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Kayain's a good one to, to pick for something like that because people don't think of him as having killed a lot of people. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, He's so, so friendly. Except for all mm -hmm. the piracy. Right. Yeah. I'm going to pass. Okay. All right. Oh, I think I might know who it is. I have, a new, I have a new guess. Okay. Clue we'll five. This character is a sliver. What? <laughs> okay. Never mind. I don't think it works anymore. We already guessed Rashik, so that one's uh, it's not Rashik. That one's yep. pretty obvious. Yep. Uh, okay. Who else is a sliver? Um, and I well, guessed Vin, so, and guess she's Vin. not a father, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely guessed Vin. Um, Who else has been a sliver in the books? That should that should narrow it down really fast it for should. us. It should. Uh-huh. You guys are going to um, love the answer. Oh, boy. What have you oh. done? This is some trick. Is it, it? going to be goofy? It's not no. going to be like one of the Rashadium or something like that. Uh, now, now like, animals, we have decided our characters, and I did yes. win the last Who's That Cosmere character game show because someone else guessed the wrong Rashadium, and I guessed the right Rashadium, and oh, I yeah. won yeah. because of that. Characters, but, uh, who else has been a sliver? Who's held the power and given it up? Um, or how did it be expended? Um... Stated specifically is a sliver. Yes. Yes. In this last book, I stated someone is a sliver, I think. Um, is that true? Didn't I? I don't, I? Know. Did I I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I've forgotten everything I know about the Cosmere. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want me to say it? Are you guys giving up? No, I want a minute more okay. to consider okay. this. That's fine. Like, who have I... Who have I canonized in a word of Brandon as being a sliver? Or did I say it in the actual books? That I is entirely don't use possible. that terminology very much. Yeah. yeah. I, I, hmm. I was going to guess. I don't think it works anymore, but just to have a guess on the table, I'll go with Spook. It's not Spook. He, he was a dad. Yeah. That's true. He had he many kids. He was a dad. <laughs> he had kids. He lots went by different names. I don't know that he killed yes. lots of people, but he did kill some people. We have, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah it, it didn't really work, but whatever. Not a sliver, though. Yeah, but he no. doesn't have two siblings, I don't think. I yeah. couldn't remember if it, any siblings were mentioned in that, no. like, one flashback. Yeah, that we one scene that. where he's yeah. with uh, clubs, I don't think I did. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't think so. Uh, I have no idea. The Lopen would probably claim to have been a sliver at some point. <laughs> he could probably figure out something in his past that counts. <laughs> ah, but have you already said that he's a sliver? Yes, I have not. Um, mm. All right, who is it? It's the Stormfather. Oh, okay. Ooh, right. Yeah. He has two siblings, killed many people. Yeah. So, so who said the Stormfather in the background? Was that Kara? Okay. Adam got it. Okay. Adam got Adam, it. All right. Good job. And is a father. That's Made a good spread. one. I actually did say it right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. But you didn't say it was your yeah. guess. That's true. <laughs> That's the trick. <laughs> no. no. 
All right. Okay. Well, dude. There you are. So, so like you'll you'll recognize them. They're not like yeah. oh yeah. We mm-hmm. once had like XTs, like which was mentioned once, and I'm like, we can't do these ever again. <laughs> that, that's too <laughs> like esoteric. Yeah. No one's gonna remember that. All right. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do one more. This one is sent by Lightwing eight 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 eight, and clue one is this character can write. Okay. Right. Uh, oh, I have to guess first, right? Um, I mean, yeah. You can do it. Uh, who can write? Um, Chris can write. It is not Chris. Uh, Gautona from Emperor's Soul. Oh, no, it's not them. I'm going to throw it out to my boy, Renarin. It's not Renarin. <laughs> Clue two. This character has slash had a romantic interest. <laughs> sometimes okay. we get really uh stuck on like oh this character was someone it's like oh does that mean they're dead or something like you know <laughs> right, things like right. that so got it yeah okay can write and has had a romantic interest yes. or has one yasna it's not yasna a lend it's not a lend i don't keep going for rosharman dalinar it's not dalinar but Dalinar would work really great for Clue 3. This character is involved in an attempt to conquer a kingdom. You're welcome for knocking that out, guys. <laughs> involved in an attempt to conquer a kingdom. That's right. Okay. Um, is it Blue Fingers? It's not Blue Fingers. I was going to guess Blue Fingers. <laughs> yeah. Um, involved in an attempt to conquer a kingdom. Um, can write... Um, so Sebron, that's not Susebron. kind of was involved, yeah, in an attempt. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that was my other guess that I was gonna do. <laughs> I, I have a, a new guess. He, did, did you guess right? So, was that a no? No, it's not Susebron. No, okay. Mm. Did you guess Alex? Oh, I don't know. Boy. No, you I, I was trying to save guesses and. <laughs> I, they got taken. Um, uh, we already said Ellen, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Oh boy. Ooh. Uh, I think we just had him as a who's that Cosmic character. But one of his his study buddies, Jastez. Oh no, it's oh. not him. Okay. Good yeah. guess. That is good guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Clue four. This character has no children. I know who it is. I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Whoa. But I'm going to let ho. Brandon go first. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Um, Ethan probably no has it. I don't even get to think about write, it. Right? Involved yes. in the con- tra- attempt to conquer a kingdom. Yes. Um, Raithen? It's not Raithen. Okay. Is it Kelsier? It's not Kelsier. Oh, is it not Kelsier? Yeah, it's not Kelsier. No. no. I would. I, I depended on you, Ian. Now I have to come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> you let me down. Oh boy. Um. Boy. What? What were the clues again? Can write. Has can write. slash had a romantic interest. Involved okay. in an attempt to conquer a kingdom. Has no children. Is it Venli? It's not Venli. Clue five. This character is from Roshar. Oh, is boy. from Roshar. Yes. Okay. Usually, clue one is this character is from Roshar or not from Roshar, which usually <laughs> okay. is a standard clue one. Uh, okay. But all right. Um, okay. Can write 
has no children. Yes. Involved in an attempt to conquer a kingdom. Um, did I miss one? Uh, had a romantic relationship. Had a romantic relationship. Oh. Um, so. Oh, what's his uh, name? You guys are guessing wit. No, I was, I was. No, no, they, my team over here. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he can write. He can. Um, yes. What kingdom is he involved in trying to conquer? Conquer. He was there. Oh, okay. Evolved in can mean he was there, not involved. tried to himself. I, I, I would say uh, heavily involved, let's say. Yeah, well, like let's make this easier. Heavily involved. Right. Yeah. You, you mean tried to conquer, like active participant yes. rather than. Correct. Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're, that's, you're asking the real who's that Cosmere character questions because we're like, what does it mean to be a friend? Yeah. What does it mean? Right. What does because that mean? Paladin was involved in an attempt to conquer the kingdom. He it's was true. just preventing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's true. Right? It's true. He was heavily involved. That's but right. If it's an attempt to yep. conquer the kingdom. Uh, wait, did this say has no children? Has no children. Oh, uh, then Raboniel it's no n- longer has <laughs> any children. Oh, it's not Raboniel. Okay. Do you do questions like that that are tricky? Because the Stormfather one is a little bit tricky. That one is a little bit tricky, a but I liked it because it was the Stormfather. And it's like, oh, yeah, we all remember the Stormfather. Like, he also yeah. counts because he he's, you know, they call Syl his daughter. So yeah. he yeah. totally counts as both being father and the name. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah. would be tricky if you were just counting it because it was in the name. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is it... I've done this before too, where I forgot his name. Um, That's fine. The guy who wrote the in-world Way of Kings. Oh, um, Noadon. Okay. Noadon. Yes. Not Noadon. Yes. I always want to say Teravangian. I'm like, I know it's not Teravangian, <laughs> it's like but the yeah. exact he was involved in the conquering of a kingdom. That's a good right. Guess. Like he he won his kingdom through blood, and then later yes. wrote yep. philosophy. I'm gonna guess Elysidius. It is Elysidius. Ah, yeah. Yep. Good question. Good, good guess. Yeah. I know. Ian gets it again. <laughs> <laughs> but no one got the first one. So stumped us. All right. Well, Brandon, we hope you enjoyed being on the show. I, I hope yeah. you, we we didn't ask too in-depth of questions. We wanted like more broad questions so that you could talk about the writing. And I found it very interesting. I hope you all listened. I think it was the it. right mix of yeah. pushing me to to say some things that would be of more interest directly to this community. Yeah. Like I, there are things I can't necessarily get into in my mainstreams yeah. uh, because, you know, I, I even didn't... though our, our spoiler one was the most viewed one, huh? Wasn't it? <laughs> I, I loved that you opened with like, so yeah, about Thydekar. Don't say this Thydekar's name in the chat and then the chat's just like, Kelsier, 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 <laughs> all over the place. But, uh, uh, yep. They do that. But yeah, well, it was fun. We, we shook free a few new Raffos. Yeah, I'm course. happy you guys uh, are doing this. I'm hope, happy you're having success. Yeah, uh, um, and we hope yeah. to have you on before 2030. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you ever have a hankering to like, yeah, let yeah, yeah, secrets go like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, this well, was good. I have, be- to let, I have to let Wheel of Time secrets go very soon here, right? Uh, the 10 year anniversary is oh. in two years now where I get to reveal major Wheel of Time spoiler secret oh, things from the last book. Interesting. So, I'm going to have to do that in a Wheel of Time stream, but maybe there'll someday be some similar things uh, for the Cosmere <laughs> I can do. Cool. Well, uh, 
I think this was really nice because you couldn't tour, right? So thanks for being yeah. on. Uh, and yeah. But of course, you get more writing time, not touring. So that's nice, too. I do get more writing time. Yeah. yeah. I've had lots of time to do random stuff. In fact, awesome. I have to go write a scene from the Mistborn screenplay tonight. Ooh, My fun. job for tonight, the first actual actual screenwriting uh, for it being written tonight. Oh, awesome. Very well, fun. You can find us on 17shard.com for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever want. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, subscribe on YouTube, and all, all, all the stuff. If you like this, you can support us on Patreon if you want. And we will see you all next time for Brandon not being on the show. But that, that's <laughs> obviously. But see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.